Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, Catawba Brewing Company. Somewhere new. We've got a house beer. I do anyway. And that's what I do. If I you know if I'm at somebody's house, that's the vibe here tonight on the show, Danny Brams. If In the I, custom glass. Exactly right. It's like, hey, if you're gonna welcome me into your garage where you've got a house beer, mm-hmm. I expect like a keg, a tap, mm-hmm. and just like uh, a kegerator. That that's the vibe here at Catawba tonight. It's the house beer, it's a it's a lager, it's tasty. Danny Brams, what do you have? I'm drinking a a uh, Carolina Haze. <laughs> the Carolina Haze, you gotta love it from Catawba. I like to start the night with an, a hazy IPA, and uh, I love I love when Carolina's in the name, so uh, it all worked out pretty well, and uh, it's got me going strong here as we start this episode. Uh, the hazy IPAs, I've, I've sensed a, a theme on the show. Everywhere we go, yeah. you seem to find <laughs> a little bit of haze in a, in a couple different ways, Danny Brown. Yeah, well, you know, I love the song Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix, and... Uh, yeah, it just it it tends to put me in the right frame of mind to do the show, so that's why I always I always lean that way. It's not like I, I drink other beers too. I really probably one of my favorite beers of the season has been the Malty by Nature, which is a much you know darker and uh, you know maltier beer than beers of the season. IPA. Yeah, <laughs> might, might have to do that episode in a couple of weeks. Who yes. knows? Yeah, Malty by Nature would be a heavy contender, and I but I already know my number one. The number. My number one beer of the season, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal it when we do the episode, but I think you know what it is. Yes, and we might agree on this. We might agree, we may not. I don't know. It's been, it's been a long um, nine months at this point, right? Arduous. Arduous tra- trail, arduous journey. We've been through a lot. If you take it back, if you go back uh, to the kit release, it was kind of the, the genesis of this show. It's been a long time. It's, <laughs> it's, been, a, it's been nine months, like you said. And, and we're having still so much fun because we're coming off of it. And I, and I tweeted out before we started the show today uh, to ask us questions at For the Crown Baby. And I mentioned we're still buzzing. We're, we're still buzzing from the BB13 party on Sunday. Uh, injected some energy into us just mm-hmm. to be able to, to catch up with one of the Charlotte FC players at an event and, and get you some perspective heading into this final six matches of the season. So that's really exciting. We're, we're buzzing about that. We're thinking ahead to next year. We're thinking ahead to Saturday, the Queen City Derby, the QC Derby. The real, the, we declared ourselves the real Queen City after we made Cincinnati look pretty bad earlier this year, but we got to do, do it again. The, you're only as good as your last Derby, and if we're going to defend the nickname, we're going to have to go up and do it on the road this time. It's, it's Wednesday, uh, early evening, uh, just happy hour finishing up here on the patio here at Catawba. Brewing Company, the sunset over Uptown, Danny Brams in the background here tonight, and it's a perfect setting for the show. You can see the skyline, and life is beautiful. It is. And and Saturday, we need to know if our beautiful new boy is in the, the starting 11. There's signs that he will be. There's, there's signs that he will be. I think, I think uh, Nuno Santos is set to make his debut. Uh, who knows if he will start? Christian Latanzio is kind of wild. He likes to uh, he he'll if you win the match, you you know you're probably going to start again next match. If you lose, anything you might be you know you might not play for four more yes. matches. So who knows? As the interim manager at this point, you better use every single player you have. Just go for broke in yeah. every single match because you're probably not coming back next season mm-hmm. in, unless there's some some backroom chatter that only you know about. So you play it a little conservative. But if that conversation hasn't happened yet between 
Zoran Cronetta and Christian Latanzio. It's a balls-to-the-wall, go-for-it soccer mm-hmm. match, which means you have to put players out there that are happy to be on the front foot and want to create moving forward. And, and to me, that's been the absence for Charlotte FC. Well, there's been no connection in the midfield. There's, there's, Reyna is somebody who connected. came into he was a connector. the lineup. And, he was the hand of the and, king. Exactly right. And, and he had... Really creative. Good. How are you doing? Good. We're starting music bingo inside in about 10 minutes. If okay. You join. Thank you. Appreciate bingo, it. baby. <laughs> bingo, bango. <laughs> bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> the, the creativity in that midfield just hasn't existed. So for him to talk about Santos potentially getting into the lineup, Danny Rams, really to me is the, the, the ideal solution to our current problem. The only problem sure. is haven't seen him play yet. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why all other factors thrown out the window, Nuno should start, and it's the same reason that I was mad that Shinyashiki didn't start last match against Toronto. It's because of fan service. It's because at this point, the playoffs are a little bit of a pipe dream. We know we need we need to go six of six. Bronny put the put the the game plan out there, go win six out of six and see what happens. I, I, I disagree though. I mean this is the second time you've mentioned fan service on the show. So I'm finally going to push back. Fan service has a negative connotation, but in this case, I believe in it. Well, I'm not calling it fan service because, t- to me, that's the right move to make. Right? It's not just for the fans. Let's get Shinyashiki in the lineup. Let's get Santos in the lineup for fan service. Well, what I'm saying is, is like that shouldn't even come into the equation because those are the right players to be on the pitch right now for this squad. Well, I do agree with you. They are the right players to be on the pitch. But the, what I'm saying is, maybe I need to clarify the point, is that at the very least, the least you could do is fan service. Even if you didn't believe Got it. that they were the best players to be on the pitch, which right. you and I both do, and I think, and like, they can't, they're not demonstrably way worse than the other if choices that you have. Is, so that, what if, I'm saying is that the, the floor should be fan service. If he's thinking about, if, if it got to that point where he thought about starting players because of fan service, that's the reason why he is not the manager. Well, I don't think he's doing that because <laughs> Shinya didn't start last week, so we'll see. I do think Santos has a really good chance to start just for to give something of a different look. Who knows exactly what he's been doing in who training. Who comes off? Because I think there's been some midfield players who've, who have been pretty poor. Yeah, well, I think you take out uh, the, the – Nuno steps into the Bender-McNeil role. I've really, really liked what Jones and Bronico have brought as a tandem, as not quite a double pivot, but as sort of uh, – Jones being in as a true six allows Bronico to sort of meld, meld into like a six-eight blend and go box to box, etc. So like, I really like that partnership that they have in the I agree. of the midfield. So it's the person in front of them, right? So Bender McNeil, that role is where you'd put Santos in. What I assume will continue to be a four-three-three. Even though I would, we have a question from one of the Tifos about formation that we'll get to a little later. But yeah, I think I think you bench McNeil, you bench Bender, and you put Nuno Santos out there and see what he can do. It's fun to think about, and it's also sad to think about Ben Bender and his downfall as Charlotte FC's young prince Yeah, at the keep. I was I was re-watching the, uh, the Adam Armour goal. We had uh, the Adam Armour inaugural goal for the club. That was off a of Bender corner kick. Remember back remember back when Bender was taking all our corner kicks and he was he was the assist leader on the team and everything and wow. Yeah. When you when you look how, back how times at have yeah, when you look back at those moments and you think about a lot of people that have been creators for Charlotte FC, they they don't see action anymore. Yeah. We we mentioned Reina. 
We mentioned you know Bender's been in and out of the lineup. He did start last week against Toronto. Was Quinn, not Quinn that McNeil great. is a Christian Latanzio project, a guy who's had one really great match, named Man of the Match. Yeah, but Queen City. Than, but he earned than, his nickname he that did. night. He did. And then the next match, he had one of the best like secondary pre-assist passes that I've seen all year. That sort of quick turn, curling overhead ball down to Gaines. The Gaines slotted in to Carroll for the goal. I mean, Neil's had his high points, but he's also had his low points. He, lo- he loves a foul. He loves an early yellow. And that's kind of come back to bite him in most recent matches. So I'd say send him to the bench. Sounds like a couple other people who are no longer on this team. <laughs> Alan Franco and, yeah. and T.T. Ortiz. Yeah, um, and that's, that's the problem is, is we've just rotated. And, like, and Reyna was playing good, and then he got banished. You know, and Shinyashiki scored a bunch of goals, and then he got banished. And it's just really weird. Yusviak has been playing a little bit better in the most recent few games, so I'm assuming he's about to get banished. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the what is this weird thing with Latanzu? It's like you do really good, and then he meant he if he name drops you in a press conference as doing really well, that's a kiss of death. That means you're about to go to the bench and never get to play again. It seems like it's it, absolutely it ridiculous. makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. It, it's it's very confusing, and at this point, that's why I think the rest of the season right now for Charlotte FC. What did he say? I, a, I don't want to. I hate to hammer on this, but he said Jordi Reyna is our best technical player and has the ability to become one of the most important attacking players in this league. And I think he's played a grand total of like 25 minutes on the pitch since that quote. Does he get into the 11 on Saturday night against Cincinnati? I think it would be a really smart idea. How sweet would a, a Reyna, Swiderski, Shinyashiki front three be on Saturday wow. night? I think we've only seen it once, right? And, and I'd love to see it again. That was the, We saw it once in the game where uh, against Toronto at Toronto, right, where Camille tried, they tried to put Camille at uh, the 10, and it was an absolute disaster. But, yeah, we have not been treated – enough this year to Jordi, Andre, Carroll up top. I would love to see it. With Santos behind them? Right. Pulling the strings? Right. Hitting the through balls? Here's the best part about Nuno Santos right now is that we don't know. He's an unknown quantity. He could come in. He could be Carlos Hill. He could be one of the, the – he could instantly become one of the top creative mids in MLS. We don't know. With these imports that you haven't seen play, you don't know quite how they're going to adapt to the league. I just like the romanticism of the fact that like he could be anything. He, uh, I'm projecting all my hopes and dreams onto Nuno Santos right now, and I need him to fulfill those uh, in some way. Well, well you, know, you know what you need to have to be successful is you need to have assets around you. True. And you, if you inject him into a situation where that is the front three and Brant Bronico and Derek Jones are looking after your back – with Jalen Lindsay and Joseph Mora, Mora on the wings, mm-hmm. and then Malanga and Anton Walks at, at center back. To me, that is our best starting eleven. So that was that's what you would put out there. Yes, I liked Malanga. Malanga was real. Malanda, excuse me. Malanda was really nice uh, in his first start. Uh, he he showed us a lot. He he had some nice long passes down the wing. He can clearly like, he showed me out of the confidence back. more confidence. than anything. Exactly. And who are we? Say who? Who's not showing you confidence out there right now on the back line? Uh, the captain, uh, Christian Fuchs. Right, he's struggling, and he was leaning. He was. I, I was shocked he didn't get a yellow in the first 15 minutes against Toronto. The way he was struggling to get back on some runners and just kind of leaning and falling onto guys. You know, I was. 
I was texting friends with the turtle emoji and you know stuff like that. It was it was getting bad, but uh, but I also think that's true of Anton Walks. Anton Walks has just played with really. He seems to just really be lacking confidence out there in all of his decision making. He's had a couple bad matches in a row, and I, I just feel like it's starting to weigh on him. Do you think there's a chance? I know Sobosinski was out for a knock. I don't know his total status yet this week in training, but. Would Latanzio go full madman and just start two two twenty one year old center backs and put Milanda and and Sobosinski out there together? I, I I'd be shocked, but I, who knows? I, I don't think so. I mean, push comes to shove. I, I think you have the conversation in the manager's room with the door closed with one of your assistant coaches. You say, should we sit walks down? He's had a few poor performances, but. Then you talk about, well, we're going on the road into a hostile environment mm-hmm. and we need communication from the back, mm-hmm. so absolutely not. And this is a guy you trusted with the captain's armband a couple games ago. So he'll ago, be right? yeah, when There, out, there yeah. needs to be a communicator on the back line when you go into an away atmosphere like, like we will at Cincinnati. And without walks back there doing that in that situation, there's really no other option. Yes, Joseph Moore and, and Jalen Lindsay are very good at, at getting up and down the pitch, talking out there without leading the communication. That's coming from the center back position. That's coming from Christian Fuchs. That's coming from Guzman Carujo. And that's coming from Anton Walk. So you have to have one of those three on the pitch. If you don't have one of those three on the pitch, it's like a U.S. Open Cup lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like that is when you think back to the beginning of the season. And now you're going on the road in the Queen City, the QC Derby. You're not, you'll have a lot to play for, Danny Brams. This is one thing. Right. We have a couple things to play for. Obviously, we need to win the QC Derby. Obviously, we don't want to finish on the bottom, which I think we're safe from that with DC's just absolute downward spiral. I think we will not finish wooden spoon territory. That's not something to worry about. But we got to finish above Atlanta. We we cannot finish below Atlanta after being well ahead of them for almost all the year, after they pulled a bunch of bullshit with their new merchandise and their recent apparel choices have really pissed me off. We made that we should have won at Atlanta. We made them look really bad when they came to visit here. It would just be a damn shame if they somehow finished ahead of us. You can hear the sirens in the background, maybe just indicating how much of an emergency that would be. Atlanta's playing tonight, by the way, as we record this. It's, it's a full slate of MLS yeah. action tonight. Uh, you'll hear us talk about it after the match on Saturday for in our next episode. This is everybody's game in hand, basically, to catch back up to us since we have an extra game on everyone. Since you mentioned it. Um, I think the table is, is something that we should we should just briefly mention here in this first segment, just realistically, just run wh- where it. exactly let's, that, that table per, stands. Let's, per, let's peruse it, if you will. It, it reminds me of um, one of my uh, favorite activities on one of my favorite podcasts, No Laying Up. Um, what they like to do is they just like to read the leaderboard. It's like it's a bit. It's like we're not leading the we're not reading the leaderboard again, are we? <laughs> we're not reading the table again, are, <laughs> are we? Um, but yes, actually we are. And Cincinnati is in the eighth spot. They are one point out of the playoffs. So from that perspective, imagine if the roles were reversed here, mm-hmm. right? If Charlotte FC was the home team in this match in the QC Derby, they're playing for a playoff spot, and Cincinnati came in trying to spoil the occasion. That's right. That's the the opportunity for, for Charlotte FC. They need to spoil this occasion for, for FC Cincinnati. And since he's kind of been feeling themselves, you know, they got Brandon Vasquez having a hell of a year. We were able to shut him down, although he was semi-dangerous against us when they came to the, the Rio Q City to play and we beat them. But Vasquez proved himself to be dangerous in that match. Acosta's dangerous. And Vasquez is playing his way, his way into the World Cup to be perfectly honest people are hyping up Brandon Vasquez as the the number nine for the U.S. men's national team you know we 
we've had so much trouble filling that role in the American squad, and, and Vasquez looks to be the guy. So that's that's someone we're going to have to shut down. And now now we're we were barely able to shut them down on our home turf when it was defend the keep, when we had Guzman Carujo, when things were going great for the squad defensively at home. And now we're on the road. Our defense is completely banged up and being filled in with newbies and rookies. And Vasquez, he's got to be licking his chops that we're coming in. Further down on the table, you'll see Atlanta United at 33 points and Charlotte FC at 32. And remember, if you look at the matches this evening, you will see Atlanta United in a big match on the road at Philly. So they could get points. That'll change here. Philly will should be able to handle Atlanta. We'll update you at the end of this episode, hopefully, where they're at. But uh, I'd, I'd be shocked if Atlanta gets points against Philly. Philly's won two games in a row, 6-0. They're, they're just – Philly's firing on all sin, cylinders, and they're, they're trying to get the supporter shield away from LAFC. The most important part about this slate, though, Danny, is that Cincinnati is not in action tonight. Right. So there, there will not be a quick turnaround for them. Um, so at this point – that's where Charlotte FC is at on the table. They're they're one point behind Atlanta United. Uh, that could change um, after this evening, Wednesday evening. But either way, uh, every game down the stretch matters for Charlotte FC to make sure they don't finish behind Atlanta United. It looked good for 80% of the season. Then all of a sudden you find yourself right. clawing your way up from the bottom of the table. I had taken it as a given at one point that we were gonna we were fine. No matter even if we miss the playoffs, we'll definitely finish ahead of Atlanta, no problem. Now we look, six games left, they're, they're a point ahead of us. <laughs> I, I know we've got this new vibe happening on the show with you, Danny Brams. It's positive Brams, positive <laughs> Danny Brams. I think you even used the hashtag earlier today. <laughs> I and, did, yeah, I did. I sure as hell did. Hashtag positive Brams. I can, if you need me to go, make no, another heel turn, I can go no, back to no, being... No, we, uh... we've gone that way, but I have to say, you know, being now below Atlanta United, with, with them having some games in hand to me it's just added it to the list of disappointments so far in season one and we're going to rise above that uh as as we continue tonight from Catawba a beautiful patio a a cool a cool evening the shade has really helped us right the shade is helping the temperatures are finally starting to drop for as we move towards fall there's even a breeze and lots of trees around Catawba it just feels kind of it's almost we're like we're literally like a block away from the chaos of Plaza Midwood, and yet I just feel like perfectly at peace, almost like we're in a little hideaway here at Catawba. It's beautiful. It's a great song, Hideaway, and that's what we're <laughs> gonna do. We're gonna hide away from this first segment, and we're gonna go inside, and we're gonna get a a new beer. How's the house lager treating you? I'm, I'm wondering if I should order one. I, I share your affinity for the specialty of the house, but I also just had to get my my. Carolina Haze going as well. I, I, the way that I looked at it, it was um, sportsmanship, right? I, I come into the arena, and they've got a house beer. I've got to show respect, and I've got to drink the house beer. Now I think I can peruse the menu. We'll find out what else is on the board here at Catawba. We'll get into some TFO questions on the show as well. The Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. Do that. Find me there. It's really fun to... Soccer takes and golf takes. And, oh, yeah, you're always going to get golf takes um, from me there. College you, what, football season. What, what they need is your golf bets. <laughs> this, guy's been, this guy's a little too humble. He's actually absolutely crushed PGA betting this year, just so you know. Uh, golf is um, where I have an edge. I, I, I won't lie to you. Uh, 
soccer's tough. Soccer's difficult, and and you can you can look back at some Premier League action. Uh, Tottenham today we talked about. Yeah, did you end up taking the the what you were talking about? In at, at plus one fifteen before the match at West Ham, I, I told Danny Rams I said the value for being on the road in a London derby as the favorite in that match, it's, it's just not there. I want to I want to see if there's another number live that's better. But instead, I had the pick minus a half option. So you could kind of hedge it out. Yeah, yeah, love to, that. You know, so I just hedged it from the start, and, and you, you push on one and you lose the other. Which after, you know, you have Rory 9-1 to on Sunday, you're playing with house money. <laughs> it's the Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Follow him, at Danny Brams as well, and follow the show. At For the Crown Baby, rate, review, and share the show with a friend. It really helps us out, whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get podcasts. It's great to have you here. The platform of your choice. We're back after this. the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. We're back. I'm pumped because I've got a new beer. Danny Brams, you have a new beer as well. I've got the Salty Lime. Salty Lime? How's that taste? Another lager. I was afraid. I was afraid. I was like, I need to taste that. Yeah, yeah. Good little taster. I want it to be more salty than I want it to be limey. I buy that. So it's, it's salty. It's good. It's perfect for a... Wednesday evening in the QC to see the sunset fall over Uptown Charlotte. You you've got something new I switched as well. Up. I switched up to a golden ale. They call this the uh, the Farmer Ted's, the Farmer Ted's Golden Ale. I've never known any farmers named Ted in my life, but if I did, I would trust them to make me a good beer. So decided to go for it. Shout out to all the farmers out there, making it happen. You know, there, there's so much negative news out there that that gets around. And one thing that got around to me last week was, and I hated to hear it, was that. A lot of the cr- the corn crop in Iowa this year was was no good. So there's going to be a squeeze on corn in the next couple months. So don't do what you did during the pandemic and go out and buy nothing but corn like you did toilet paper. <laughs> if I can't get corn tortillas this fall because there's a run, I'm going to be really upset. That's going to really hurt my Taco Tuesdays. You heard us on uh, the in our last segment. The, the final thing we talked about was was some numbers. And we wanted to follow up because Danny Brams gave me some vital information as we went in there to get another beer. And that was that Charlotte FC is plus 320. Plus 320 on the road in a must win at Cincy. So more than three to one for Charlotte FC to win that match. For a team we've already beaten this year badly. And if you think ah, those are those are long odds. Well, at NYCFC... Charlotte was more than a 6-1 to one underdog in that match. So it's not like they haven't done it before, Danny Bram. So be, I, I would not even consider touching that. And this is really important for anybody out there that, that, that does bet on soccer, is that you have to wait until the lineups are set. Yes, very much so. You need to see the 11s before you can uh, really confidently lay a bet in soccer for sure. Especially in MLS when you in a team like Charlotte right now where you have no clue. I'm, who is going to play? I'm going to tell you this right now. 
if Nuno Santos is in the starting eleven, I'm betting that game. Oh, for sure. let's go. I have a theory, which is whenever I've played a ton of like DraftKings fantasy MLS over the years. Now I, I play so rare MLS, and what I have a, a kind of a pet theory, which is anytime someone that people that's not a superstar, but is that a, a solid European league player comes in to make an MLS debut that like most people have never heard of, they always crush. It's just it's just a weird thing, but I think I think if Nuno starts, I think he's going to look very good out there and. Maybe it's just hashtag positive Brams rearing his ugly head again. Who knows? But I believe in Charlotte's ability to win this game. I just really do. And I don't know if that's dumb positivity. I don't know if you want to push back on that at all. But what do you think? Am I being too optimistic here? I really think we can do it. In the MLS, you can always win. So I'll start there. And that's why I think the value at more than 3-1 to is good value. So I would prefer to be on that side than the other side. But when I think about the motivation, which is another huge factor, and, and what we talked about earlier, Danny Brams, was that this is a huge match for, for Cincinnati. Sides, yeah. No, not yeah. for both sides. It's huge for us, man. we got to finish it above Atlanta. we got to win the 6 you out know, of 6. we got to try. Do you know what they need to, to make it feel like it's huge? Well, well Bronny Bro can hopefully convince the guys, right? we still got a chance. you got to go 6 for 6. But for the doubters in the, in the dressing room, which they're – there certainly will be, for sure. Um, we need to, to get in there, you and I, for uh, a pregame team talk <laughs> so we can talk about the Queen City Derby. Yeah, call me, Christian. You know, let's go get it, get us in there. We'll, yeah. we'll give a team talk for the ages. They'll get this team so freaking fired up they won't even know what to do about it. Hey, this is who we are. We, we call ourselves the Queen City. It's for the crown. Right. It's the whole aura that surrounds the club. It's the Queen's Guard. It's, it's our people who show up to defend the keep. You know, it's what it's all about. We, we're not at the keep this weekend, but that spirit carries through. I got a question for you, though. I got a question for you, so I want to push. Good, because I, I, I want to hear this question because there's, there's questions from our TIFOs waiting right now, and I've got Mr. Michael Volox first up here in the I, queue. I need to ask you a question first back to something you said in the first segment. You just took, took it as kind of a given that Joseph Moore is going to be starting a left back. Are you ruling Fuchs out for this match? Yes. Ex, ex, uh, extrapolate on that, please. I, 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 he's a captain. I think he's going to – I think – I haven't been super impressed with his performances necessarily, but I'd be I, – He won't play left back. I don't want to say He'll shock. Play, he might say – he might play center back alongside Melanda. If, okay. If, if he's in, that's where I think he plays. I don't think – Latanzio wants him as a center back for whatever reason. Well, it's I don't. Really weird. I, who gives a fuck what Latanzio wants? <laughs> yeah, great point. Great point. Great, very great point there. Yeah. yeah. Like, have fun. You know, it's like I don't. The, the thing about having an interim manager is, is that his decisions based on what he wants or doesn't want. Like, sure, do you want to have your way for the next six matches when you know you're on your way out, or do you want to be a peaceful caretaker of the club? And let the players dictate where they play. Yeah. And let the players have fun for six fucking matches. Or do you want to be stuck in your own ways? The reason why you ended up not getting the job is because how poor the team performed Mm -hmm. because of being stuck in your ways. So why don't you just take a step back for this last quarter of the season? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Why don't you do it? Why don't you just say, Fuchs, if you want to play center back, and I don't think you're center back, well, fuck it. Go play center back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Christian Fuchs wants to play center back is the thing. I, I think he sees himself as left back. Everything about his game to me I, I think if he watched the tape, if he watched the tape, he doesn't see himself as a left back, right? If he watched the tape from Saturday night and you made Yeah, if you just made you, a low light reel of all the poor plays. And, and, yeah. and you ask yourself, do you want to be I'm 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 going down a road I don't want to, Danny Brams. I think you might want to a little bit. Because he's he's the team dad and I respect him and, and I've got nothing but respect for him in his career, so and and no Fuchs given is a good beer. It was a great beer. I'm just saying, like you don't want to be out on an island like that anymore at that point in your career. You can play center back. You can have a voice. You can organize the defense. You can organize the midfield. You can park orders all game. You can have impact, just like he did, Danny Brams. And I think this is really important, and I want people to know this. Just like he did in the Charlotte Independence playoff match. Yeah. He, we, we were in attendance there. That's the position that he played. Yeah. And he was good in that role. Yeah. And he was scoring. He was scoring goal. He was scoring header goals off corner kicks. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I think at this point the back line just seems like a total toss-up to me. I don't know. I, I assume it'll be Jalen Lindsay. I think Harrison Affle's got to be on his way out. I don't. I don't think we'll see Affle the rest of the season. But as soon as I say that, he'll come out starting against Cincinnati. <laughs> so who knows? But but yeah, I, I, there's almost. I can't. At this point, it's just gotten this really weird point where the only thing I know for sure is that Bronico and Swiderski will be in. And, and I can't even – I think Kalina will be in, but he's been shaky lately. It's just really hard to, like – there's almost no – we're losing our sense of having some uh, undroppables on the team, which is a, a theme we love to touch on earlier in the season, mm-hmm. who can play their way into an undroppable status. And it seems like we, we were willing to elevate some guys to undroppables, but unfortunately the team wasn't seen the same way. So here's some, some keys when it comes to undroppables, right? You have to be in good form to do the undroppable segment because there's people to talk about. And you know that, like, these guys are playing. For instance, right, when you have a Gabriel Jesus leading the line for Arsenal Go and he's in great form, he is an undroppable, right? Like that's and, – and you can talk about things like that. So you're saying that losing five out of your last eight games, including – a 4-0 and a 5-0 loss doesn't count as being in good form. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here out on the patio. It's a beautiful evening. And I'm excited to get into always one of my favorite segments on the show. And it's rapid fire questions from our tremendous friends of the show. Great to meet some of y'all at the party on Sunday. Hope to see you again at the Keep Soon. Don't know what we're doing for the for the game on Saturday night. We'll figure that out over the next couple days. We gotta have a watch party. We gotta get the Queens Guard together. Whoever wants to show up to take the oath for the Queens Guard. I do solemnly swear. <laughs> Michael Volak um, at M Volak on Twitter. Uh, great fan of the club. He says. If the club buys down Yozviak's DP contract and fills that slot and the open one in the offseason, what positions do you think they will target? I think a, an absolute stud winger, sort of in the model of Bernadeschi, who came over from Serie A to Toronto. I was pretty down on the guy, but he's been an absolute beast. Scored a galazzo against us out of nothing, a one-man solo goal that 
you just not many people in this league can can score like that. So if we could bring in a player like that, because right now we've been kind of trying to do it with you know basically like a, a Usviak's meant to be a DP, right? But he's not really playing like a DP. So like we need like someone who's like lock, who there's no doubt a no doubt right or left wing someone like who can really serve balls into Carroll as the hand of the king. That's the first DP spot. This. The second, the third, you know, the second open, the third total DP slot that I'd love to see, depending on how things work out with the U22 rules and all that, I'd love to see a box-to-box midfielder, to be perfectly honest. I know that's probably not going to be a, a popular choice. MLS teams to tend to fill their DP slots with attackers. I think the the conservative answer to this question would be another striker, as so Carroll, so we could maybe do a two-forward system. But I'd really like to see just like a really elite, like box to box, someone who can come in and take all our set pieces, who's like the it like no doubt corner kick taker, free kick taker, someone who's always gonna have the ball at their feet. I'm thinking of like a Zellerayon or of like a Emmanuel Reynoso from Minnesota. Someone who not necessarily that we're counting on them to do the hard defensive work, but they just play all over the field and get after it. Not so not so an a, a, an offensive-minded box-to-box, if you will. Like, just a absolute lockdown. Not quite a full number 10. Someone who will do a little bit of the dirty work, but also do the creative as well. My question is, if, if LAFC can sign Gareth Bale and and Chiellini as non-DPs, well, how do we figure that out? Well, okay, so in MLS, there's GAM, general allocation money, and then there's TAM which is targeted allocation money. And all the clubs have access to GAM and TAM. The LA and New York clubs have access to a special brand of funding called FAM, which is famous allocation money, which is they're allowed to sign anyone who's famous and it doesn't count against the salary cap, basically. is That's how that works, so. James Perez, JPP, um, at James Perez 2. Saw him at the Brawny party. Yeah, always. Gets a shout out on the show. And um, Bon Voyage. He's going, to, he's going to visit the land of Latanzio, right? <laughs> Would you like to see a 4-4-2? Same back four. No? I can answer that question. Pick your two mid wing mids plus Santos, Bronico up the middle, up top, Andre and Carroll. So he's, he's close to where we are. Mm-hmm. He has Andre and Carroll up top. <clears throat> so th- let's just answer the question. Do you want to see a 4-4-2? I think we've been calling for a 4-4-2 on the show. I think we'd love. I'd love if that's what it takes to get Andre onto the pitch as a starter. For sure, I'd love to see it. And I also think when we played a little four-four-two earlier this year with Danny Rios, that kind of unlocked Swiderski a little bit. It really, I think, it helps Carroll to play with a second striker that can make go on runs around him and behind him. And I, I would love to see Andre in that role. So yes, I, to answer the question, yes, I would like to see a four-four-two. We shouldn't see the same back four, and. Santos Bronico in the middle is uh, that sounds that sounds really fun. I would hate to see Jones lose out. That's that's my one issue. If Jones loses out, it wouldn't be the first time he lost out this year. Yeah, that's true. But he's he he I you get the feeling like every start could be his last start, and yet he delivers. He he performs. Yeah. And one thing I notice about Derek Jones that I don't think he gets enough credit for is he's a big dude. He you can't miss him on the pitch. He's the tallest guy out there, but he's silky. You can't say this guy doesn't have ball skills. I mean, he has some pretty silky dribbling moves. Agreed. He can get around defenders with his feet. I mean, for a big guy and a guy who we call Derek the Destroyer for good reason because he 
he messes up attacks and he breaks up plays. He's not the worst offensive player at all. This might be the first time in the, the history of the show that we get a little bit um, spiritual. In a, wow. in, a, in a tweet from a friend of the show, Alex Ventura, at Al Ventura 160. Big Al. FIFA Al. FIFA Al. He's, he's, he's a good FIFA player. That's what I'm hearing. I haven't played him yet, so um, you know, we'll see if we get on the pitch together. Get on the, get on the sticks. Hit me with the spirit, baby. Hit me with the spirit, Al. I loved how positive Danny Brams was <laughs> on the last episode. Do you guys think it's about time fans have the, quote, come to Jesus, end quote, moment, and realize that this season has been a wonderful journey together, even if this squad does not make the playoffs in its expansion season? That sounds like a tweet um, written by a devout Christian and someone who uh, feels strongly about his faith. Come to Jesus, baby. Uh, it's it's always a good time to come to Jesus. It's never a bad time to come to Jesus. That's obvious. Um, I'm going to say, though, that the fan base, for the most part, we kind of get a little tunnel vision by doing this show because we're so hyper-focused and we're very into the details mm-hmm. and we follow the players on a granular basis and we know other teams in the league. And, and so that kind of informs us our criticisms and our negativity at times that might come across on the show. But I really think that we're probably an outlier in that in that situation. I actually think the casual fan base has continued to show up at the keep, 32,000 strong week after week despite some losses. I actually think overall the fan base is already at that moment. I don't think the, that we need to have the come to Jesus moment that Alex is talking about because most of the fans are actually already there, I think. I think a very large percentage of our fan base are, are kind of playing with house money, as it were. Right. It, it, they're just happy to have the team. And that's how that's how I felt on Saturday night when it was lit. The delay happened. Everyone had a, a few extra. Mm-hmm. The match started. The walkouts. The first half was started beautifully. That first fifteen minutes was electric. So that was when I looked and I looked around and I said, "You know what? This is all good. Like, yeah. This is what I want." Right. And I was almost. This is a club I, I want to be a part of. I was satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally was satisfied. Yeah, you just. They, they, and I'll you, be, I'll you, be, <laughs> I'll be happy to share with the audience, and it's part of the reason why I left at halftime. <laughs> because that feeling went away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned it. I, I, I peaked. I knew I peaked in. The, yeah. I knew I peaked in the fifteenth minute. I knew yeah. I did in that match. I did. Yeah. My, my the way I've described it to people is that like I started off at such a high at kickoff, and then every ten minutes. It just kind of, I went down a level, then down another <laughs> level, and down another level. So I was pretty low level by the end of it because we did hype ourselves up, and unfortunately the team just couldn't deliver the goal in the first half against Toronto to pay us back for what we brought. But uh, just to just to elaborate a little more, I know we're supposed to be rapid fire here, but just on Alex's question, yeah, I just think it's, it's absolutely 100% obvious that the season has been a wonderful journey together, and regardless of what the fate of the squad is, whether they made the playoffs or not, Alex, meeting you this season, you know, Volak, earlier question, James Paul, meeting you guys, like forming this bond of like friends and listeners and fans and and hangout buddies that we meet up with before the matches and, and at the at the, ta- the supporters tap room at halftime, uh, the, j- those three, there's countless others, you know, uh, that we could name. We, I, we could do a whole episode just naming all the cool people we've got to hang out with this, this Level year. Level up. And yeah, exactly. Level up, Luke. You Which, know by the way, I, I bet it, I met his beautiful 
fiance and or wife. I think it would believe it was his wife. We've gotten in trouble with that before. This is, a, <laughs> this is another inside story. We actually, you can thank this show for a marriage coming up later later next year, I think, because we I, I was talking about Michael Volek, and I said his Mike and his wife, Jenny, they're such great people. And then I found out on Saturday, they're not actually married. <laughs> but, but... After the reference that we made to them being a, a married couple on a previous episode, all her friends started putting the pressure on him really, ba- really big, and he proposed. So there you go. You know, we're, we're changing lives on this show. And there's no doubt that's the best decision Michael's ever made in his life. But and I'm, I'm proud of him for stepping up to play to the plate to get that done. And I'm proud of you, Danny Brams, for giving him a little nudge in the back. Yeah, you know, because well, uh, two, two of the best people that we've met so far, and somebody that's new that we wish we had met, Danny Brams on Sunday at the BB13 party is the Footballista, which, by the way, is my favorite Twitter name of anybody that we've had on the show. Footballista, baby. The Footballista, are you kidding me? At Real Football CLTFC. She, and she has a great question here. She does. She says, do you feel like Latanzio favors Europeans over South Americans? It's a, what, what I call, Danny Rams, a loaded question. It's not about... Whether I feel that, it's about whether Jordi Alcivar feels that. <laughs> uh, and maybe my answer is sort of in that statement. But it's it's really tough for me to, in real life, ascribe a sort of Euro over uh, South American bias I, I thought to about Latonzo. I thought about this before I came. I'm excited. But I absolutely love the question because it's really open to it. I, I can only give an opinion here. I can't really give anything factual. But my opinion is that from what we see, it seems that he does. It seems that he really does. He's an Italian manager. He has. He can't help the, the fo- football culture that he grew up in. And I think it might even be a subconscious thing. I don't think it's a conscious bias that he has necessarily in the front of his mind, but I think it's a, a unconscious bias in the back of his mind. I love the question from football. Well, if, if you want to get into some textbook psychology, you just did get a, get a good lesson from, from Danny Rams about unconscious. What's your answer to this question? My you answer, said you thought about it. My answer is that this is not about Christian Latanzio. This is about Zoran Crenetta. Wow. Wow. Level up, baby. <laughs> that's that's a level up answer right there. So I just keep that in mind. When you think about Zoran Crenetta and, and who he has brought into town, where has he brought those prospects from? Poland. <laughs> Poland and Portugal at this point, yeah. I mean, and... Do you think it's kind of just runs through the DA of the club? We got our Tavares, our MLS Next coaches from Portugal. Nuno Santos coming over. Kerwin Vargas coming over. Colombian who was playing in Portugal. Kind of a hybrid on this question. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to say, but I I just I think that he does subconsciously. What's 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 your flatline answer? No, I think he does consciously. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Great question from Footballista for sure. I think we only have one more question, which we've kind of already answered, but shout out to DB's Hot Takes, Danny Brackett's another friend we've made along the way who we just have tried to connect with at, uh, at games and just haven't met up with yet. I did get him a free ticket to a game, so he should he, he should feel pretty positive about us. But yeah. So we'll probably skip over your question here, DB's Hot Takes, because we've kind of already answered it. I Well, I like the question about tactics, right? Okay, let's get into that. Does he change tactics, uh, formation? So I don't necessarily want to be – and this is something I was thinking about earlier when I was watching the full slate of Premier League action this afternoon. Which, by the way, which was which was a phenomenal. I woke up this morning, and, and you know maybe part of the reason why I'm still buzzing from the BB13 party 
is because I woke up this morning and I opened my SofaScore app and I was like, damn, we got some good soccer this afternoon. You know, I was even thinking about maybe going to to go out there and get some practice in on the range. And I said, you know what? No, I'm going to stay at home and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this window Brilliant. Of, of great great soccer. And when 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 you think about tactics, right? I want to I want you to think about Danny Brams in a different way. Okay. I want you to think about it in a front foot back foot way. I want you to think about it in a tactical possession way. I don't want you to think about formation. I want you to think about front foot, back foot and possession versus non-possession, countering, pressing, that sort of style. And that's how I want to answer this question. When he talks about, when we talk about tactics well, when it comes to tactics, there's only one thing I want to see on Saturday against Cincinnati. It's one of the catchphrases that we made famous at the, the beginning of the year on this show and one we haven't referenced in a long time. And it's time to ring it back. And it says, balls, balls to, to the, the wall balls. soccer. We need some balls to the wall soccer, baby. We need, here's what I really need. I really need anyone who has the ball at their feet, find Carol Swiderski. Get Carol the ball at his feet, at his head, at his knees, you know, at his chest, whatever it takes. Like, we need to feed this guy the ball. He has entirely few, too few touches on the season overall. And it's just like... So front foot. You want front foot. I want front foot. foot. You want pressing? You want pressing front foot? I want pressing. I think it worked really well against NYC. You don't don't want them to sit back in a block and just kind of... uh, No, that'd be pathetic. At this point, what do we have to lose? Okay. You know, just go after it. And the funny thing is, the the pressing that we saw against NYCFC in the second half that was so effective when we turned uh, turned it on and won that match, I don't know for sure that that came from the coach or if that was just like a natural vibe that the players all kind of picked up on and, and just decided to do on their own. I'm really not sure, but I do just think that we got to get after it, get in their ass. Cincinnati has two really good players and then a bunch of scrubs, to be perfectly honest. So we really need to make them pay. We have the ability to win this match, but it has to be the aggressive tactics that that, that we've seen at times this year but have not seen enough. Front foot, balls to the walls, soccer with pressing intensity. Feed Swiderski. When you get the ball in midfield, no matter what your name is, you need to think, where is Carroll? How can I get this ball to Carroll? Like, Throw everything else out the window because this guy makes stuff happen with the ball at his feet. I, 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 I need to see it. He starts giving goes, you know. It's, it, it's a great conversation. It's been a fun show, and I'm, and I'm with you. I think um, for those who are maybe new to the to the game, and, and I know there's a lot of new new fans uh, here in the QC. Uh, when we talk about front foot pressing football, it's it's very simple. It's it's defending in the opposition's half. Yeah. Think about it that way. Right. Are you exactly. defending in the opposition's half? Well, if and if we're going to do that, I think I think we need to be honest. If we're going to do that, I think our best bet is Yusviak and Shinishiki on the wings. I think those are our two best defensive attacking wingers. You know, they they play attack, but as far as being able to track back and defend, those are the two guys. Camille's Camille's a bulldog. I had, I don't think I've given Camille enough credit this year because I get so pissed at his inability to contribute on offense. I haven't given him enough credit for being a real bulldog on defense, which he he is. And then Andre, I think, is is the same. I think Andre really takes it personally. He takes defense personally, and he gets pissed. And and both those guys have a good way of transitioning their defense into their offense, which I think is is valuable in terms of us being able to spring counters and things like that. Vargas has has looked nice on attack in his in his minutes that he's had in recent games. 
but I don't think he's looked very good tracking back on defense. And the same for Jordy Reyna. I, I like Jordy Reyna. I would love to see Reyna start for my fantasy team, for our offensive uh, connection capabilities. But when, if we're going press, 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 like we're talking about now, I think Yusviak Shinyashiki might be the combo. Charlotte Soccer Show. He's Danny Brams. I'm John Hayes. And there's a match on Saturday night. We're, we're going to watch the match. I know y'all are going to watch the match as well. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about it here. We're going to talk about the future of the club. We're going to talk about how, hopefully, Nuno Santos played on, on Saturday night. If, if our next episode is called... So our previous episode was called The Brawny Show. Yes. If Go back and listen yeah, to that episode, yeah. by the way. One of the best. One of the most positive we've done all year, which... Uh, I'm st- and one we're still buzzing up. I got to you know pretend to be. And we were talking about all the friends we made on the show on Sunday. I got to pretend to be friends with Brant Bronico for a couple <laughs> hours. So that that was pretty cool. But uh, uh, if our next episode is called the Santos Show, then that's going to mean very good things for Charlotte FC. Follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. I've got good news. I've got great news. You can now listen to our podcast on YouTube. You can do it there as well. Official? Official. Forever, ever. Forever, <laughs> ever. Forever, ever, ever. You won't see us on YouTube just yet, but you'll, you'll be able to listen to the podcast on YouTube. You can do that there now as well. And our YouTube content will start coming, and it's going to be fun, Danny Rams, because I've got a lot of good ideas to get your ass on camera and have some fun at these breweries. I'm in. Maybe do a, a few beer reviews. And throw it, throw it on our YouTube as well. Beers of the season. <laughs> Beers of the season. Beers of the season has to be an off-season episode. We need ideas. We need ideas for off-season content as well. We probably won't have it as many episodes, but we're not going to just shut down the show. Right. We're still going to do at least a few episodes a month. So, I, look backs obviously make a, a, a pretty natural topic for for the first month or so of the season. But any ideas you all have out there, send them our way. To think about season one nearing to a close is is bittersweet yeah at this point more sweet than bitter bitter than sweet to quote big head top but the uh to know that when we started the season we had 30 plus games right to look forward to and now we're down to just six absolutely wild charlotte soccer show john hayes danny brams and if you want to be in the queen's guard danny brams what's that battle cry For the crown, baby.